This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm your co-host, Ryan England, and I am here today with Jeremy McLiver. Welcome back, everyone. I am looking forward to this one because I have a question that I am seeing come up continuously in the session room. So I'm excited to ask Ryan this, and we're going to hear, what do we need to do to get people to actually apply for our job? Now, before you answer this, Ryan, I actually want to clarify it. I don't want just people. I want the right people. Oh, come on. Now you're setting the bar. Yeah. I don't need just robots or (laughs) people that are under this minimum wage and they don't even want a job. They're just trying to keep it going. How do I get the good people to apply for my job? So what you're saying is they can't just fog the mirror. No. Like they actually got to be able to do the work. Do the work. Do the work good. Fit my company. Be that person I'm looking for. Like I want it all. (laughs) Oh, wow. Low expectations I hear in there. No, no, no. This is good. That's one of the things that I feel a lot of employers have done wrong over the last few years is they're so desperate to hire that if the person shows up, has a pulse, can fog a mirror, they're in. Let's do it. And then three weeks later, you're like, I don't understand why this project's over budget. <laughs> I just don't get it. And uh, I think there's so much that doesn't happen in the qualification process. Like we're so often we're desperate to hire people quickly that we think if we slow down the process and get to know them a little bit better, we're going to hurt our results. It's really what I think it comes down to. And I think when it comes to getting people to apply, there's one thing, like I wish I could give two takeaways in this one, but it's going to be one thing and maybe you get some other takeaways in here, but you stop, stop, stop thinking about that thing that you post on the job boards Stop thinking of it like the job description that HR gave you or that your lawyer gave you or that you downloaded from your association. Those job descriptions, those are internal documents to help you really define the role inside your organization and hold people accountable. What you really got to start thinking about is that thing that you post on those job boards or that you put on your website, that is an advertisement. It's an ad and ads are exciting and they're engaging. They draw people in. They're attractive. Like you've heard me say before. So I think we got to start thinking about this post as an ad. And when we can think about it as an ad, people will start applying. So I like what you're saying. I'm going to need some more clarification on it. But as soon as you start talking about that, well, of course, duh. I mean, we would never say, hey, I'm looking for clients that have more than $100,000 income, live in a house that's $350,000 or more, drive two vehicles, da, 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 da. And if you're not that, please don't call me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But how do we do that? Well, the analogy I like to think about is a, a car commercial. Like we've all seen some advertisement for a car and just picture that we've got the Corvette convertible, on the Pacific Coast Highway, and that's the commercial you're watching. What is it? It's a couple driving the car, seeing the ocean in the background, having a great time. Now take that and put it against a advertisement that was the maintenance schedule. At 250 miles, you got to bring it in, make sure you broke it in correctly. 
At 3,000 miles, you're going to want to rotate the tires and change the oil. And at 10,000 miles, we're going to charge you for this extra service that you weren't planning on when you bought the car. Like, imagine that was the advertisement. How many cars do you think they would sell? Not very many. (laughs) But that's what we do all the time with our job ads. Must be able to lift 50 pounds, must have reliable transportation, must be able to turn a wrench, like whatever it is. It's like, no wonder these things don't work. I want you to stop thinking of your ad as that maintenance schedule and start thinking of your ad as driving down the PCH, having a good time, wind in the hair, enjoying life. That's what's going to attract people to you. So one of the first things we like to do when we work with a new client is we tell them, hey, here's the deal. I know you got an HR department. I know you got HR people. Let's take recruiting away from HR. I know some people aren't going to like this. You might not like it, but let's take recruiting away from HR and let's give it to the marketing team. What do you think that would do to that ad that you post? Well, that is interesting, but I mean, I can see the marketing team taking that on and they'd make it kind of fun if they could, but let's get real. We're all blue collar. It's not that cool. It's not driving down the Pacific Coast Highway in a Corvette. I don't know. I mean, I know people all the time in the construction space that have these apprenticeship programs, right? And I don't know about you, but I hear like, I spent a lot of money, a lot of time building this apprenticeship program and I can't get anybody into it. What's the coolest part about an apprenticeship program? I see the social media ads sometimes, right? Earn while you learn. You might've seen that one where, you know, this is Billy. Billy went to a four-year college and he has $150,000 in debt and he can't find a job now. This is John. John went to an apprenticeship program, earned while he learned, makes $80,000 a year as an electrician and has no debt. He just cut off Billy's electricity. The apprenticeship programs are so valuable, whether it's in construction or as a contractor, home services, whatever it is, these apprenticeship programs are impressive. You can take somebody straight out of high school and in four years, get them the equivalent of a four-year degree in their trade. They're making 60 to 80 grand a year with zero debt. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty sexy to me. Like that sounds pretty much like driving down the PCH in a convertible. That's cool. But I mean, you said home services. How many home services companies have an apprenticeship program? Or is that the only trick? Is there something else that we can do? Oh yeah, there's other things. How many people do you know? And this is a serious question, Jeremy. How many people do you know that they want to hire somebody entry level and keep them there? They don't want them to get better skills. They don't want them to be more productive. They don't want them to be more profitable. They're like, they just want them in at entry level and keep them there. I don't know anybody like that. I don't either. How cool would it be to say, hey, here's the deal. Maybe you've got a year or two's experience. Let's even take a semi-experienced guy because not everybody's going to look for a guy that's totally green, right? Mm -hmm. So we take a guy that's maybe got a year or two's experience. He's probably not going to do it your way, but you're going to coach him. You're going to train him on it. And you're going to take him from this apprenticeship level to whether you have an apprenticeship program or not. You're going to take him at this, hey, he's still learning level. And you're going to turn him into a journeyman inside of three or four years just because you invest in your people just because there's an opportunity to create this career path, just because the work is such that he's going to have to get better at his trade. He's going to have to get better at his craft. And most people that go into the trades, they want to get good at it. Imagine that your organization, and you probably do already have this in place, but imagine your organization had a well-defined career path for people. And by well-defined, I mean like there's like four bullet points. You're going to do this for a couple of years, then you're going to do this for a year, then you're going to go get this certification and boom, you're a journeyman and you're making 60 grand a year. That's attractive to a lot of people. 
I'll say a lot of my teams that we use the accountability chart, they actually use that for what you're talking about. What are the, hey, master these. Once you get these, take rocks to learn the next level up as you're developing. When that opening comes, you'll be prepped and ready. That's their master plan. I love it. Super simple, super fast. They already have it because they already had to do that to get aligned. So the team was all rowing in the same direction. So you mean that by an apprenticeship program, not this federally registered. I was like, oh my, this is going to be a big Maybe. I mean, if you went through that route and you spent the money to get this federally accredited apprenticeship program, uh, you best damn give that to the marketing team. (laughs) They can figure out how to get you an ROI. So we got learning and development. We got apprenticeship programs that this marketing team can do. What else is going to make it cool to come here? Because we like fix people's toilets. Yeah. It's not that cool. Well, that's great because my next story is going to go right in line with that fixing toilets. You know, we said it before, people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. They leave managers. So imagine your job ad talked about what it was like to work with you or to be on your team. What if it really painted the picture that the grass really is greener? Because what are most job seekers thinking? Like, wow, it looks pretty cool over there, but... I don't know, maybe it's growing over a septic tank. Maybe that's why the grass looks greener. Like it's just toxic. But what if it really wasn't toxic? What if you really had good hiring managers that really invested in their people, really communicated well? The truth is you probably have some. Heck, you might even be one. Imagine that your ad talked about that. The reason that people are looking for a new job is they want a new manager. What if your ad talked about your manager? What if the ad talked about who you're going to work for and how you guys communicate? That's attractive because nobody else is doing that. Everybody else is giving me the same old song and dance and then throwing me into an environment where I'm disregarded. You know, that's definitely something that that I see a lot of really good, good people in the trades, hard workers, care about each other. They're out there working hard, doing whatever they're doing, but they're passionate about their people. And so just highlighting that. Definitely. I can see that being a huge thing to to talk about what it really is like there. That's pretty cool. Yes. There's so much more. Like, why do people stay? One of the things that I tell people to do when they're writing a job ad is give it to one of your top performers and ask them if they'd apply there. Would this be attractive to you? Because I want more of you, right? I mean, we all want more top performers. Give it to them and say, hey, what am I missing? What about here that being on our team do you like? Let's include it. Like this isn't something you have to do in a vacuum. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. Ask your team to help. Because guess what? Your people that are really productive, guess who they like working with? Really productive people. (laughs) Birds of a feather flock together. Yep. Absolutely. There's a ton of opportunity in the ad. And, you know, we're talking more at a conceptual level right now. I do want to give some very specific tips that you guys can take away. But I really do want you to think about this as an advertisement. Get your team to help you. Give it to the marketing team. Spice it up. Have fun with it. Definitely. But don't oversell yourself. That's the other thing. That's like my warning. Don't oversell yourself. If it's not legit, don't put it in there. But other than that, have fun with it. Be different. Give it to your marketing team. So we don't have to say we're the Disneyland of uh, concrete pouring, huh? I don't know. If you are, awesome. Like (laughs) you're going to have churros and cotton candy on the job site. I'm all in. No, well, no, we got to work hard. It's early in the morning. <laughs> okay, so just be real, but there's some real things that, that you got going that are good. So I love that. Well, let's hear some, man, you got, you piqued my interest. I want to hear some 
like practical tips, get down into it. Let's hear those. All right. So here's the first one. Everybody makes this mistake. Everybody makes it. I know I don't want to be absolute, but everybody has made this mistake. Do not get clever with your job titles. Don't get creative with them. We had a client and this was being creative, right? Field technician. I was like, what the heck's a field technician? I'm like, well, I wanted to go short as I could because I wanted the best chance of my ads being, my job ads being seen. I was like, okay, so you're getting a little clever here with this to kind of game the system. Well, one of the things we did was we went and we did a Google search and a job search for field technician. We wanted to see what came up. So this was a refrigeration guy, by the way, all of page one, field technician, IT guys. That's all they were was IT guys. So he thought he was being clever and he was going to game the system by putting in field technician, you know, cast a wider net. What he ended up doing is he ended up getting lost in a sea of IT guys and refrigeration tech and an IT guy. I mean, those are worlds apart. So we went and as simple as we did, we put refrigeration in front of it because that's what it really was. And all of a sudden we started getting applications that were the right applications. Another one we like to see, this happens more in the tech space than it does in the blue collar space, but I still every once in a while see it. Whereas you get really fancy with these titles because they're cool and they're hip and it's like master and commander of the unicorn army and like you're the customer service agent. Let's not get crazy creative with our job titles because no one is searching for them. No one is searching for your crazy creative job titles. So the idea that if you get creative with the job title, you're going to stand out is true. However, you have to remember that the job boards are search engines. And if someone isn't searching for that job title, you're never going to show up. So just call it what it is because your technicians, your craft workers, your laborers, they're searching for those words. If you're looking for welders, put welder. Don't get all fancy with what that means or what you think that might be creative. Just put welder because that's what people are searching. So the titles is a big one. That's probably the biggest mistake we see happen a lot is we're not clear in the title. So we either got clever or we got creative and that just never works. So that's one of them. Remember how I said, give your job ads to your marketing team? Your marketing team understands this thing called search engine optimization, right? They're creating content for your website that the search engines can pick up so that you can be found. What I just say about job boards, the search engines. So if we are not optimizing our ads before we post them on the job boards, you can't be found. So one of the easiest ways to do this is to take the title and make sure you repeat it. Depends on how long your ads are. There are some technical requirements, but I say three to four times inside of the ad, repeat the job title. So get really clear on what that title is. Like I said, refrigeration field technician. When you're writing the ad as a refrigeration field technician versus as a technician, like if you're going to write that and talk about what it's going to be like to be there, search engine, optimize your job ads. Your marketing team already knows how to do this. So if you give it to your marketing team, they'll be able to help. So that's another one that we see that is really helpful in getting people to apply for your jobs. Do you have a third for us? Oh, okay. I'll come up with a third one. Here's the other one. So now you're going to show up in search results. People are going to be able to see your job ads and they're excited. So you get a lot more views. Views typically are going to equal more applies. It's going to happen. So we've done all of this to create all this extra traffic for our ads. And now we start getting all these garbage applications. And we're like, I already don't have time to hire people. I definitely don't have time to deal with all of these garbage applications. 
So when you're posting your jobs, the job boards have this. If you've got an applicant tracking system, they have this. So you want to make sure you take advantage of any of the qualifying questions that the job boards give you. I'm not talking about name, address, phone number. I'm talking about the ones that say, do you have this certification that we need? Yes or no. Sometimes people really like, you know, if the job is mobile and we're not going to give you a truck, we might ask, do you have reliable transportation to get to the job site? These qualification questions are so critical to making sure that you're getting high quality people. We talked about, we don't want just more applications. We want the right people. And these qualification questions are really going to help with that. And I don't know of a single job board that does not allow this or that doesn't have it. The one place that you can't do this or most people don't do it is on their own website. So if the only place you're posting your job ads is on your website, first off, you're probably not going to see a lot of people, a lot of traffic. But if you are posting them on the job boards, take advantage of those qualification questions because it's not just about the views and the number of applications. It's about getting the right applications. Got it. All right. So we got three helpful tips there as we bring it over to the marketing department and create a marketing version of it. And we definitely have learned that we all have good things about our company that we should be sharing out there and making sure that that's communicated as we build our employee brand. Absolutely. So with that, what is one action that they should go after listening to this, go do? Oh, it's simple. Go rip the job description out of HR's hands and go give it to your marketing team and say, fix this for me. But if you don't have a marketing team, because that's the other thing, some people are like, I don't have a marketing person to go to. Go to one of your employees and just ask them. One of them that you like, of course. You know, one of them you want to keep or, and you'd love to clone and say, hey, tell me what's it like to work here? Describe it for me. Just let them talk. Maybe write some notes down. And worst case scenario, you might have to make some adjustments. But the more you can make your ads sound like the people that you want to hire more of, the more you'll attract the right ones. That's what I would do. I would go clean them up right away and get them posted. That's excellent. So everybody go out there, look at your ads, make sure they're coming from a marketing perspective. If you don't have an HR and a marketing team, at least make sure that you've changed that hat that you're wearing when you're writing and reviewing them to be in more of a marketing hat. Bring in some of your other key employees to ask if they be attracted to it. And then use some of the fundamental principles that we talked about there around marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of good things here. I don't want to overwhelm everybody, but really start thinking about those posts as ads and that'll really help you change the type of applications you're getting and the type of people that you want to talk to. Excellent. Thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.